Welcome to Internet Aesthetic, a podcast about the internet, aesthetics, culture, and media. We're two Vietnamese-American women who live in a society, and we're here to analyze it. Grab a snack and hang out with us. We've talked about Instagram quite a bit on this podcast. One of our earliest episodes was us talking about our Instagram aesthetics and anxieties around using Instagram. And I think it's fair to say that Instagram plays an important role in our lives. And we've started to re-examine and reassess our relationship with it. Looking over our notes for this episode, it's really interesting to me to see how different our approaches to Instagram actually is. I think I have more of a utilitarian approach. So I'm a lot more concerned with how Instagram serves me than how the content on it affects me, which is how you seem to have approached this episode. And I think I probably have more of a dystopian view <laughs> in, <laughs> in this. If you're if you're taking the utopian approach, mm-hmm. I'm okay with taking the dystopian, like <laughs> devil's advocate-ish. Well, I think eventually I've realized I also have more of a dystopian approach mm-hmm. but yeah I'd love to hear your perspective first yeah you like to see the good in tech I think <laughs> yeah, I really like, do like to see the good <laughs> yeah I'm I'm so jaded by tech <laughs> I'm like what are these bitches doing <laughs> you're not wrong so I think we started out using Instagram more Like, we just posted whatever was happening in our lives at the beginning when we first started out using Instagram. Like, looking back through my first posts, like, my very first post was actually a sunrise picture of me um, driving up, like, the day that I moved into my dorm room at Berkeley. So cute! (laughs) You know, I have, like, pictures of gelato that we ate. Like, just kind of, like, random, mundane things going on in our lives and it was just like like I wasn't really thinking about what I was posting it was more like sharing what I was up to but in a in a casual way not in a like like look at all the cool things I'm doing way that I feel like it is now and I think that shift happened when I started following more influencers and I started like seeing articles that were like oh here's how influencers like plan their feeds and it was just so fascinating to me that influencers plan their feeds in advance like they already have posts set up they've already like figured out how they're gonna like transition from like summer to fall to winter (laughs) and I I really like the idea of like oh if you were to go to my profile it would be like cohesive and so I tried to go for that and I think back in the day I definitely flirted with the idea of being an influencer. I would switch like my profile from private to public and back again like when I got really stressed out. I was like, oh my god, people are following me and they can see me. <laughs> this is too stressful. <laughs> but yeah, ultimately I realized I didn't want people to see me and judge my life. And don't want to subject myself to that, especially because I had and still have like a really fragile self-confidence. Oh, Lisa. And I didn't want to like get hooked on the validation and the metrics that come with being an influencer. But on a like a personal aesthetic level, I really liked thinking about the puzzle of creating a flow between colors on my grid and kind of like trying to figure out, oh, how am I gonna, you know, mix up the amount of like pictures of me versus like filler pictures and, like, <laughs> I think we talked about this in my maybe like the first episode the first Instagram episode where we're like like my go-to filler pictures are like architecture and you like to do like was it food <laughs> or something I think I I liked sky photos because mm. there it's like a very neutral yeah. usually color palette yeah you have like skies flowers yeah nature (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and so for me it was like more of a creative outlet and I wasn't exactly going out of my way to look for instagrammable places or anything but I was filtering the way that I thought about the things that I was doing through the square format of instagram I was like oh how is this gonna look as a square Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and thinking a bit more about how to compose those pictures and how it look and flow on my grid and like even when I did go to places that were total Instagram bait, like the cool color factory or cool murals, I still thought they were like 
fun and like a worthwhile experience except for the pink wall in LA which literally is just a pink wall but I mean I'm still kind of glad that I went and saw it and realized mm-hmm. it was nothing <laughs> but that's fine didn't we have an episode planned or we had some kind of episode drafted specifically about like these places dedicated to like the gram Wait, didn't we make an episode about yeah, do it for we, the gram? We did. How did we I forget an episode a whole called "Do It for the Gram"? Okay, just delete that whole part that I just said. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, I might keep it in. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, that was how I was using uh, Instagram. At some point, stories were introduced, and I think like what's that like tech adoption curve? That's like, oh, the early adopters and then, oh, yeah. um, like, you know, the, the, the majority of the people yeah. are like at the top of the curve. I'm probably like the, like the, the laggers. Adopters. <laughs> yeah, I'm the lagger because like when stories were introduced, I was like, oh, Instagram is just copying Snapchat. <laughs> Fuck them. I'm not going to use it. But eventually, <laughs> eventually I did. I think like they introduced it in 2016 and then 2019, I started using it, but it, I realized it relieved some of the pressure of sharing only content that could go on my grid and allowed me to share like more unedited, candid things that were kind of happening day to day in my life and was like a return to like my original usage of Instagram. But like looking back, I've realized it's become another avenue through which I feel like I have to share all the cool and fun things I'm doing. Like when I go out to a bar or I don't know, like the one one time a year I go hiking I'm like wow look at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was just like oh I have to like share these like cool interesting things that I see or I'm doing or else like people might think that I'm boring I don't know how do you feel about stories I think I was the same way at first I was like out of spite not using them <laughs> but I love stories now because like you said the pressure for it to be like a perfectly composed post is not there mm-hmm. yeah because it disappears I don't have to think too much about it and I think it's a good way to keep people updated about what's going on in my life I also love how you can put like stickers on them oh that's true they're putting so stickers. cute yeah and then I like how you can tag your friends in them mm-hmm. too and they can reshare it okay what I love is when other people take stories or take photos as stories tag me in them and then I can repost it yeah. So that I don't have to do the work. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, oh, look, I have friends. <laughs> I think so. I think as, as much as I hate to say it, I also feel compelled to post to show that I have some kind of life going. Yeah. And I sometimes just love to share things about my life that I don't think are worthwhile enough to make it a full post. Like, mm-hmm. I made this really amazing breakfast. I would love to share it with you all. This is not really something I want in my main feed. But yeah. I would love for you to see, like, my perfect pancake. Um, yeah. And I think it's it's also a good way to share content that isn't, like, personal photos. Like, sharing articles or reposting reels that I really liked. <laughs> like, I think I saw a, a reels of a really cute duck. And I was like, I could probably share this to my story mm-hmm. and bring a lot of people joy. But I, I, I decided against it. But yeah, I, I pretty much agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's something we talked about in the past, like our motivations and like why why we want to do it and why we're sharing it and who's seeing it. Yeah, yeah. It's something that I go back and forth on and I don't know. Sometimes it's like, oh, who cares? Like, you know, they follow me because they're interested and they're, <laughs> they're watching because they want to see it. Exactly. Um, and then other times I'm like, why do I feel the need to share every single thing happening Mm, like mm -hmm. sometimes like I I look at something I'm like oh this would be great to go on my story (laughs) god I hate that that's my impulse (laughs) so maybe it's just that I hate the impulse and not necessarily Mm. the act that's a really good point yeah like is this a a small form of (laughs) self-shame I yeah I, I struggle with the same thing like I go back and forth between wanting my privacy feeling like oh I don't need to share my life to prove that I'm having one Mm -hmm. but sometimes I look through my camera roll and I'm like oh why didn't I share that thing like I think that could have been really enjoyable for some people like my friends to see yeah and like where where else would I share this like I wouldn't I wouldn't send you just like 
a photo album, Lisa, as much as I love you. I don't think you'd be interested in that content. <laughs> I might be. <laughs> uh, in the last year, I started making like monthly recap reels just because like thinking more deeply about it, I liked the idea of setting my life to music and like having this main character moment. Like it started in New York and like I was watching you make your reels. I was like, that looks really fun. Like even though Isa's complaining about how much the app crashes, like I really loved like the watching the end result. And I thought it was like so cool. I was like, I want to make one. (laughs) So yeah, I started making one for New York and then I just ended up doing like kind of a monthly recap for the rest of the year which by the end of the year I was like so tired I was like why <laughs> why did I commit to this even though, I like, love it was... seeing your reels oh sorry Aww, thank you no no it's even though it's just like like a commitment to myself but n- not really many people knew about I think like you knew about it and that was kind of it <laughs> I, was like, oh, I can't I can't disappoint people <laughs> I can't disappoint Isa. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry if I put that pressure on you, but I looked forward to seeing your monthly recaps all the time. (laughs) It's like, ah, yeah, they're they're fun. I like looking back on them and being like, wow, like this. So this is what I was doing in like June (laughs) of last year. It's really fun to look back on. Yeah, if not for anyone else, just for yourself. Like it's like Mm -hmm. a little scrapbook of of your life, little snapshot. Yeah, it's like. It really does feel like watching a movie of your life. Mm-hmm. Little time capsule. Yeah, but I've I've since stopped because it is a pain in the ass, and <laughs> I don't know. Like, it was fun, but it was like really exhausting to think about. Like, oh, what kind of videos should I be recording? And like, oh, is this something that I should be recording? And how long should I be recording it for? Because then I'm gonna have to edit it down into like whatever how, however many seconds will fit into like the beat of whatever song I end up choosing <laughs> that's so real <laughs> it was so stressful but I do I do kind of miss it so maybe maybe I'll make a one-off someday but like in conjunction to that Instagram reels in general were a major reason why I began to like re-examine my relationship with Insta because I started spending so many hours watching reels and I think this started before I was making reels but I like at some point towards the end of last year I realized like I was going to bed at like 12 a.m and I was like oh I'm just gonna watch like a handful of reels and then go to sleep and then by the end of last year I realized like I'd look up and it's like two o'clock or three o'clock and I'm like shit where did the time go (laughs) I only have like five hours to sleep now (laughs) i'm going to be so tired in the morning why did i do this to myself but like it's like so hard to stop because it's so easy to just keep scrolling and you're like oh that reel wasn't very good i need to end i need to end the night on a good one (laughs) yeah people really step up the game on reels like the production value is high Mm -hmm. and then i feel like you can go down reels rabbit holes like oh, that that was a really interesting reels about that interior design style. Maybe I'll look up more, and then it's so hard to stop. Yeah. So I resolved to make my last December reel and then just, like, kind of delete Instagram off my phone. I still allowed myself to use it on the website because I knew I was going to crack if I didn't. And then, like, during this time, I had also started reading Stolen Focus by Johan Hari, and was just like in general like hyper aware of all the ways that like social media and like tech in general is engineered to get as much of our attention and time as possible and deleted like all of my social media apps and doing this like really made me see how much of my time spent on instagram was just in reels like reels really were just a problem for for (laughs) me anyway i was like whenever i would like log on to instagram it was like at most five new posts from the people in my life or like the people that I follow each day and usually less like usually be like two posts and then it would be like that that new Instagram feature that's like you've seen all the new posts today (laughs) and so yeah I was just like wow there's like no new there's no content on Instagram (laughs) that like is worth me spending more than an hour on this platform and then since then I've like reinstalled Instagram with a 15 minute time limit. It used to be a 30 minute limit, 
And then I realized I was like going on to like check something and then I'd be like, well, I have a 30 minute time limit. I'm just going to watch a few reels. <laughs> They're so addicting. It's so bad. Like this is why like I've never downloaded TikTok. I was like from the jump, I was like, it's, I know it's going to be bad for me, <laughs> but like reels is just right there because it's already in Instagram <laughs> and it's yeah. harder to resist when it's like right there. So yeah yeah so i i have a 15 minute time limit on the app and i only really downloaded the app because or like i re-downloaded the app because like friends would sometimes send me messages on instagram that i couldn't see on the web like a, a photo that was like a disappearing photo or something and they're like oh you have to open the app to to see it and i didn't want to like have to keep being like oh can you send it to me <laughs> on, like, <laughs> on messenger or text it to me because i can't see it so I just, yeah, I was like, it's easier if I just have it again. And I've been t- posting, I've been posting a little bit more. And I've just kind of started to think more about how I want to use Instagram going forward. Yeah, that's just kind of the development of my relationship with Instagram. What about you? <laughs> no, that was, it's interesting hearing your timeline and thinking about the original purpose of Instagram, sharing snapshots of your life in real time your instantaneous update or like you're able to share things instantaneously Mm -hmm. and then slowly Instagram as I feel like it has tried to monetize instead the platform has been gearing more and more toward content creation as like a business and a brand and yeah I think my my journey has been pretty similar to yours as well in that way yeah I would say that I definitely have a very I had a very utopian perspective on Instagram and this is something that Lisa and I learned in our media studies class but there there's a way of looking at media in this dichotomy of utopian versus dystopian where dystopian like Lisa mentioned is like technology is bad and it is the source of a lot of our problems and a utopian perspective is technology is good and it can solve our problems and I think a balanced view of Instagram, like a balance of the two is most realistic. But yeah, when I first started really using Instagram, I always prefer to focus on the good that Instagram can promote. For example, I really appreciated how Instagram can uplift a lot of marginalized voices that don't traditionally get airtime. Like when the overturn of Roe v. Wade was happening, I really enjoyed reading a lot of like the personal anecdotes people were sharing about how the policy like directly impacts them. I love following local news outlets and seeing news I don't think I would ever see on like traditional TV or even in articles. I think people can share news a lot more quickly and directly on social media. So I like that part. I love just little things like discovering new hobbies. I think once I started following a couple creative accounts, I discovered so many niche hobbies like ceramics and hand-built ceramics. That was really fun. I love discovering new businesses. So I feel like on a macro level, Instagram felt really good for me. Mm-hmm. But then I I entered what I think of as like the great shift of my Instagram usage, <laughs> where it shifted from this more utopian perspective to a dystopian perspective, where I started to become more aware of the negative ways I was being influenced by the app. Like Lisa mentioned, I've always felt like that pressure to have like a nice feed, have like a balance of like filler posts and quality posts. I think I tried really hard for every Instagram post I would make. And like Lisa mentioned, I started posting less and less because of that pressure. But in the past year, I think that's when I started really getting negatively impacted by the app in ways that I think bled into my actual life. So I would say like the start of the end was when I created my side Instagram account. I have an account called Isa is Home and it's where I started posting home cafe content, home decor shit, and like travel vlogs. I think it also started when we took our trip to New York where I had a lot of fun making reels for the first time. And like Lisa, I treated Instagram as this creative outlet because, okay, my main Instagram account 
is giving me stress. I don't like how I have to feel pressured to deliver on good content. And so maybe I can scratch that itch using this kind of like burner account where I can just post whatever and not worry about how it performs or how people are judging me. And then I can use my main account to post more personal life updates and not worry about quality too much. I guess like I, I thought about my main account as a place where I could be like my authentic self and then this side account where I can express myself creatively. So I think in the beginning that was really fun and I think it was a great opportunity for me to experiment with like a cinematography and I borrowed my dad's camera and yeah, it was it was a good time. But then I realized I started making a lot of decisions in my life based on how it would look on this side account. So even down to like what pottery or like what mugs I would buy, like, oh, would this look good in my Isa is home, like reels mm-hmm. or um, like, would this make for good content? Like maybe I can, I can start like a new like morning routine so I can record it on my side account. I realized I began to see myself through my feed and then I assessed who I was and who I wanted to be from there. Like I thought the Isa I want to be is the Isa that would do well on the Isa is home side account. And that was fun in the beginning. It was like a cool way to express myself, but then it started to feel like really icky and disingenuous. I don't even have that many followers on that account, just like a hundred, but some of my reels do get like thousands of views and Mm -hmm. most of my friends follow that account. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was, like, looking through it, and I saw, like, the reels with your cats got, like, 30,000. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? (laughs) And that's what I thought. Should I monetize my cats? Like, holy shit. And that was not, that was not a good thought. But, you know, if I do get laid off my job, you best believe the kitties are going to be put to work. (laughs) They have to pay rent somehow. (laughs) Especially after they pooped in their cat tower. They shat all over their cat tower. They got a gotta pay somehow um no I'm kidding that's unethical (laughs) but yeah even though I don't really have like I'm not I'm not famous but I realized I kind of don't want this small subset of people to know like my life that closely like I'm showing my bed I'm showing the inside of my house I'm showing like I'm pretty careful about not showing where I live but I felt like, wow, like my home is not really my own anymore. And why am I doing this? And I felt, I don't know, a bit of panic about that. So I became really self-conscious about my public appearance and just who I am. So I stopped posting to that side account for a while. After that, I began to reflect a lot on how Instagram affects me and the content I consume. Like a lot of what I had in my explore feed was just people making similar content that I was making and me comparing my life to theirs, like, oh, like what I eat in a day or my morning routine. So yeah, it just, it wasn't good. Every time I entered the app, it just had a lot of negative feelings. I feel like that was like the peak that girl era too. Yes, that's so true. (laughs) I wanted to be that girl so badly. (laughs) Yeah. It was fun to cosplay her for a bit. I think that then transitioned to what really made me delete Instagram, which is my body dysmorphia. (laughs) So I had a pretty bad stint of body dysmorphia or face dysmorphia last year for a number of reasons, but I think what triggered it or what pushed me over the edge was just seeing so many beautiful young people on Instagram. It felt really demoralizing, even though I felt like pretty secure in my appearance and I've been one to promote a lot of body positivity and body neutrality messages to my friends who struggled with body dysmorphia so Mm -hmm. it really caught me by surprise how it got me too (laughs) (laughs) and I think what happened was I started following a lot more makeup artists and influencers like Jessica Vu because I just wanted to get better at makeup and I thought like they're really good at doing their makeup and I think after seeing so many photos and videos of them being so beautiful and perfect or like supposedly perfect, I couldn't help but look at my own face as I'm doing my makeup alongside them and just nitpicking at it. Like, why is my nose bigger than theirs? Or my lips are thinner than theirs. And then I realized Jessica Vu got lip filler. Maybe that's something I should consider too. Yeah, she got lip filler. She got Botox. Um, Mm. That's why her like, she got Botox for jaw slimming. 
Mm-hmm. And I became so envious and I had I didn't experience that level of envy since like middle school, I don't think. I began to nitpick at like the size of my cheeks and my teeth and I didn't realize how I had these like negative thoughts every time I looked at my face. And I tried to remedy that by counteracting it with body neutrality and body positivity content on Instagram. Like I would literally search in the explore feed body neutrality and no matter how many freaking like infographic posts I read, (laughs) it still wasn't enough to make me not hate my face. And Mm -hmm. that felt really shitty. So I remember journaling the day I deleted Instagram last year and I'm going to read it for you guys because it's really sad. (laughs) I wrote... I realized that I am developing body dysmorphia. I couldn't stop thinking about all the girls who are prettier than me and how I could be as pretty as them. I used to listen to the song Jealousy Jealousy by Olivia Rodrigo and thinking, wow, Olivia, you're so young and insecure, but don't worry, you'll love yourself one day. Before I realized, oh shit, like she's so right. (laughs) Like jealousy (laughs) is following me and I can't control it. And I didn't, I realized that the journey of self-love and self-acceptance it's not like you achieve it and then that's it. Like mm-hmm. there are periods of your life where you're going to feel ugly. Yeah. Um, and then I realized like in the past year, I did laser hair removal, lash lifts, Invisalign. Like I got lip filler myself. I got Botox. I spent so much money on makeup before I even realized it. It felt manageable back then, like doing all these little steps. But I've hit my limit with how much I can hate myself and how much I wish to look different. So I deleted Instagram and maybe that's not, I thought at the time, this is just a band-aid. I need to actually fix my self-esteem before Mm -hmm. I can go back. Um, Because honestly, like I don't owe it to anyone to be beautiful. And I had to internalize that like for months before I was like, I guess, strong enough to go back to the app. (laughs) And it really did help. Like I, of course it's not like perfect, but I have stopped nitpicking at my face and I realized like it was a compulsion, like that habit of looking at my face and instantly thinking about what's wrong with it. So that is better. I'm very proud of myself for kind of overcoming that. And then I realized once I deleted the Instagram app, I didn't realize how much of me spending time in the app was just the habit of the second I opened my phone tapping on that icon. So the second I deleted the icon and I didn't have that compulsion anymore and I kicked that habit I realized I don't have as much of a dependency on it anymore I've since redownloaded the app but I've kicked that habit of immediately going to it since redownloading it and yeah it's been it's been a lot better since then and since then I've unfollowed a lot of the people who I felt like weren't super good for my mental health like I love Jessica Vu she's beautiful she's talented but I can't help but feel insecure when I watch her content so mm-hmm. Maybe deleting or unfollowing her is immature or a sign that I'm still not there yet. And that's true. I'm still not there yet. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay. I've accepted that. I've also started muting people I actually know in my real life who I know make content that might trigger my self-esteem issues. And when I feel ready, I'll unmute them. But now, for now, the people I have unmuted or the people I actually have in my feed are people like Lisa, who always posts like uplifting, inspiring content, or I just genuinely care about what's happening in your life. So yeah, it's a good place. It's a more positive place for me now. But yeah, that's my my journey with Instagram. Pretty sad. (laughs) Thank you, Lisa. I'm proud of you. It really is like an ongoing struggle and journey. I think I'm in a better place in terms of like my self-hatred of like my face and my body than I was like years ago but like there's still days where I like look in the mirror and I'm like Jesus Christ (laughs) 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 but I just like what helps is like okay today today you hate yourself tomorrow you'll hate yourself less or you know a few days from now you're gonna be like damn girl (laughs) so that helps. I was just gonna say, and I think it might help that I think everyone has days where they're like, you hag. <laughs> because life <laughs> <Yeah>. happens. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you can't look amazing every day. It's yeah. also interesting to me that like, I primarily use Instagram at night and you use it, or you would use it in the morning. Yeah. You kick that habit. That is interesting. 
yeah, I think I realized my performance at work was deteriorating because I would sometimes not get out of bed until like 11 a.m. because I'm just scrolling on Instagram. And I was like, this is bad. I would get out of bed. Well, I would be like on Slack, Mm. but I would just get up as maybe like 15 minutes before my first meeting. So Mm. if my first meeting was at 11.30, you best believe I'd be out of bed by 11. And I think since deleting Instagram and not going to it first thing in the morning, I've been able to start off my work day really well, like before 9 a.m. And that's been great. Yeah. Yeah. Self-discipline. Hooray. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think both of us are perhaps trying to reduce our usage of Instagram, but I've only really started to change that habit within like the last few months. Whereas I feel like you've kind of been like on and off Instagram for a little bit longer. So maybe you have more experience, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm just like right now hyper aware of like like if I start using Instagram again, I'm probably just going to slip right back into mm. it. Like the book starts out kind of like talking about how he like goes to like Massachusetts, right? Like some town in Massachusetts and he yeah. only has like a laptop that can't even access the internet. He has like some like low tech phone that he can only use to call people in an emergency He's, like, trying to detach himself from the world as much as possible for, like, a month or so, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, oh, it was amazing. Like, there, I think there was, like, a week within that period where he was, like, this sucks. But, like, for the most part, <laughs> he was, like, this is incredible. Like, his focus improved, his, like, experience of the world and, the like, his awareness of his surroundings improved and stuff like that. But, like, when he returns to, like, his regular life he realized like how quickly he slipped right back into his old habits and like tweeting and all these things. Mm-hmm. So I am also just extra aware. Um, mm-hmm. And like that book also made me really aware of like how it's not a personal failing that you are going to like slip right back into your old habits because they're not like, they're not necessarily like even old habits. They're habits that these apps encourage you to have Mm -hmm. um like i think for a while the reels app or like the reels interface was like where the create button used to be right like at the very center Mm -hmm. at the bottom bar and so it was really easy to like click on it and i i realized recently um when i re-downloaded the app that that has changed so reels is to the right of center now so there's like five options at the bottom it's way too many (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't, I don't know though. In this this episode was originally just gonna be complaining about how Instagram is bad and like, like <laughs> I've been complaining about the app in general and all the new features and how bloated it is. And I just want to sneak that in there. It is bloated. <laughs> There's way too much going on. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's just it's not your fault. It's not our fault mm-hmm. that we that they want we want to be on Instagram because they want right. us to want to be on Instagram and they want to keep us on Instagram like Mm -hmm. every single feature that they've developed is because like stories was because people were using Snapchat and Instagram didn't want to like lose followers to Snapchat or like users to Snapchat and then um, Reels was like a TikTok competitor like it's all just like trying to keep people on the app like like the messaging feature has been really well built out now so you can like message all your friends be reels was becoming kind of like an instagram Mm. competitor because like people really liked that it was more candid and that's like the whole point of be real and so like instagram rolled out that feature that was like supposed to kind of copy the format of be reels Mm -hmm. Um, i don't know how successful that is i don't really see people use it that often i've never seen it i'm like where is this (laughs) maybe i don't i think I feel like you get all the new features, and I get no new features. Well, I just, like, I remember reading about it in an article, so I, like, oh, went okay. out of my way to look for it. I think it is a little bit harder to find. Um, but I think yeah. I saw, like, maybe one friend use it. And I think, for the most part, the reason why people don't use the Be Real copy on Instagram... This is just my theory. But, like, the whole point of Be Real is that it's, like, everyone takes a picture at that, like, second, right? Of, like, this is what's <laughs> happening in my life. And so it's supposed yeah. to be, like, candid. And it's, like, you know, like, oh, me in front of my computer <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Whereas, like, with Instagram, Instagram's, like, stories version of Be Real, it's, like, just 
kind of like a a template that you can use anytime. And so it yeah. like defeats the the whole purpose of a B-reel. Yeah. It's beyond the format of the photo. Yeah. It's yeah, and it's the audience yeah. as well. Like I know people who you add on B-reel are not people you add on Instagram. Yeah. I think B-reel is probably like the close friends version. Yeah. Do you have B-reels? I don't have B-reels. So I No, I, I don't, don't even have really it. know what I'm talking about. I no, I don't have it. I just I see when my my younger cousins are like, it's time to be real, and then <laughs> we all like stick our head in the little frame, and then <laughs> it's really cute. It's always so funny, like, because my coworker uses it, and then like we're always together, and so she'll be like, oh, it's it's time to be real, and then I just like, <laughs> pop in, I'm like, peace sign, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> peace sign, heart heart fingers. Yeah. <laughs> you can shop on Instagram now, which I've never actually bought anything directly through Instagram yet (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but like it's kind of crazy that you can just like shop on Instagram but I have purchased things because of an ad on Instagram like I oh yeah literally within the last two weeks bought pants that I saw (laughs) the ads are so good it's like that's exactly what I want and I had no idea that existed thank you I know Save me some time from searching. <laughs> yeah, it's weirdly like the best ad experience, <laughs> right? I look for, look, yeah. When I want to shop and look for new things, I just go on go on Instagram, look through people's stories I don't care about, and wait for the ad to come up <laughs> so I can shop. <laughs> and then, like the final feature that I kind of wanted to like just mention, just because I think this is like a newer feature that like Isa only told me about within like the last week or two, is like the subscription feature. So like I think bigger influencers, I don't know what like how big you have to be to have this feature available to you, but like you can like subscribe to influencers now, and then they'll have like you know group chats that you can like join and stuff. Um, exclusive content which is crazy yeah and I was thinking about it um and like I think it's another way to keep people on Instagram because like I think like some people that I follow on Instagram do post on their stories like oh I'm streaming on Twitch now go follow like go check out Mm. my live stream or whatever and so I think maybe this is like a way for that to not happen (laughs) to not like lose Mm. users to Twitch which is crazy like it's fine you guys can all co you guys all can all live together and coexist (laughs) peacefully it doesn't have to be this way or i don't know but it just feels like like they're trying to trap us in the instagram ecosystem the other thing that i wanted to like kind of theorize about is like one of the people that you follow that you should also subscribe to maybe they start a group chat like you you would probably get a notification and then you're like oh i have to go on instagram and like watch Mm. them like eat breakfast or something i don't know, I don't know <laughs> and then you're just on instagram for however long yeah yeah maybe it they could put be in ad breaks or something i don't know <laughs> i think it makes sense because a lot of the people i follow they read i see them a lot of the businesses i follow often reshare posts like instagram is so bad for businesses now like creators are really suffering like i'm not getting picked up on the algorithm anymore mm-hmm. and i guess this is instagram's way of trying to give back to creators and giving them another stream and i guess that's good for creators but yeah i'm curious about how how much clutter that causes on instagram and i don't know yeah i'm I'm curious to see how this revenue model works out for them but yeah i can see how it's like a win-win for instagram as a business for now instagram is not taking a cut of like the subscriber money but apparently mark zuckerberg has said that like it would be less than 30 percent which ah. is still a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, my. But, yeah i don't know yeah. so i guess that i guess it wouldn't be ads they would make their money through that subs- like taking a cut of the subscription money mm. but i think another thing we were kind of talking about when you showed me this was like Oh, are advertisers or like sponsors going to pay more to be advertised to subscribers instead of just like right. general followers? And then like, what does that mean in terms of like 
like is that fair to like subscribe to someone and then also be advertised to is that gonna be mm-hmm. maybe a perk of being a subscriber is that you don't see ads or right something? i don't know because that's usually what it how it works on like patreon right it's like you can see ad free content here or something yeah that's a great point this is this is a completely different topic at this point (laughs) no yeah i yeah it's all to serve um, the purpose of how instagram makes money which is having our eyeballs on their screen yeah and i I really i really liked your point about how it isn't really a personal failure to be i guess like quote-unquote addicted to instagram or to keep scrolling through because like everything we just mentioned they are engineered so carefully so that it is really difficult to turn our eyes or to take our eyes off the screen and the content especially when creators are people like us and like even our friends sometimes it feels like not consuming the content is like not supporting our community and our friends yeah and I think before I felt like you can always you know have self-control and self-discipline to stay away from the Mm -hmm. app like really like is it Instagram's fault if it's not Instagram Maybe it's a different app that's capturing our attention. Like there are so many other time sucks in our life. Like why is it Instagram? Why is it Instagram's fault? Yeah. But really, I don't think that's a good enough excuse because this is like an unprecedented time in history when like billions of people use this one app and have the ability to create content and share that content with you. And Meta is directly responsible for like these issues that are happening. So Thank you for also sharing the book with me. I ended up reading the book as well, Stolen Focus, and I thought it was really good. I highly recommend if you yeah. want to be horrified about technology. <laughs> yeah. And as someone who like really appreciates the benefits of technology, I think they did a really good job of being like just very measured and balanced yeah. about how it can be dangerous despite mm-hmm. having some good. And I think another topic that we thought was really important related to this section of how Instagram is trying to keep us on Instagram. It's just how much information and content is generated on the app. So I really liked the concept of information overload that Johan Hari brought up. So I think a lot of boomers or people will say like, we're in this information period right now where there's just a lot of information being generated. And I think I used to push back at that like people have always generated information and chatted with their friends and read books and this isn't the first time like people are creating content but actually it is a time when (laughs) so much more information is generated and we are able to consume that information at literally all times of day from when we first wake up to when we sleep and it's easier than ever for people to also get educated and learn more and absorb that information like meaningfully and it's of course easier for that information to spread when Johan Hari in his book cut off all access to social media and he only he was only able to learn about the news and like current events through like the actual weekly newspaper he said that this slow method of intaking information was actually more meaningful for him and by focusing on quality over quantity he was able to I guess, like, focus more. Um, and why was that? So I think he quoted a like scientific study, and I think we all know this, that your brain can really only focus on, like, one to two things at a time. And it's just mm-hmm. simply how your brain works. And I know a lot of people agree that multitasking isn't real. Like, you can really only do things with quality if you focus on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. But I think despite knowing that, people still feel like, in the end, if they are able to juggle as many things as they can, then they will still have like a better outcome as a result. But Johan Hari brought up how consistently juggling so much information and like scrolling through post after post after post, it really works against your brain's tendencies and like natural capacity. So when I do scroll through Instagram, like after reading that book, I realize, oh yeah, this is a lot of information and content. Johan Hari brought up how, like, back in the day, if you were to watch a movie, like, typically, you could watch the movie in the theater, you can discuss it with your friends, you can think about it, you can write, like, a a book or a movie review about it, 
but how a lot of people go about like consuming content nowadays is or at least okay this is how I do it I research the movie ahead of time online I watch the movie I'm constantly thinking about the movie afterwards I'm researching the actors I'm going on their Instagram account and I'm following the actors I'm reading like fan fiction about this content Mm -hmm. and I think like in a single day I'm doing more things than I probably would have had I not had social media Mm -hmm. and or internet yeah or the internet I guess (laughs) and while like that feels okay it feels like I have the capacity to do that I realize it does make me flit back and forth between things more than I probably should and it's been really hard for me to focus I think on like one thing at a time and to do a lot of like deep thinking and deep work so yeah I think going on Instagram in small doses is really helpful to get like the snapshots of what my friends are up to or like what important news I'm missing but ultimately I think I don't need to be caught up on like literally everything mm-hmm. like I feel like I there's a lot of like brain clutter like I have a lot of brain clutter and when I simply choose not to learn about everything I possibly can because you can't there's you're never going to be caught up yeah, on content exactly. on Instagram like you're never going to be caught up on reels you're never going to have like complete expertise on like a certain topic you're interested in and once I realized like I don't have to keep stuffing my brain with all this content I felt more at peace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy that you can just follow like celebrities on Instagram and like right. learn details about their lives. Like especially if they share a lot on stories. Mm-hmm. Because they they probably feel like less pressure to like be like curated yeah. or like um like I don't know, presenting they probably feel less pressure to present themselves in like a particular mm-hmm. way. Like, you can learn some crazy things. Like, I followed Olivia yeah. Munn for a while because um, of her baby. <laughs> and I was like, I, eventually I was like, why do I care about this woman and her child? Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was fascinating, especially because yeah. like, um, she's half Viet and sometimes her mom, who is also Viet, would be on there. And it was like, I thought, I thought it was really cute to see, like, oh, this is like how much that, like, that culture affects how she's raising that ch- her child. Mm. So that was interesting. But eventually I was like, I, do I care? <laughs> but yeah. No, it's so true. Like, I mean, it's educational. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's entertaining. And I feel like, and this also goes back to how it's not like a personal moral failing, but maybe like a greater societal issue and maybe the company's fault. But I think the more information you are able to consume and compute, like probably the better off you are in this economy. Like if you can learn all that you can about parenting, like maybe you'll become a better parent. And people mm-hmm. are like Lisa and I today were just discussing like different potty training hacks. And I think like people feel a lot of pressure to be like the best of their craft, the best of um mm-hmm the best of what they can be because that's I feel like human nature and that's not inherently a bad thing yeah to be the most efficient and honestly like people who can like get ahead and process more I mean they sometimes do see like material benefits from that and that just puts the pressure on us I feel like to be caught up on the latest show to know the latest thing in the news and so I feel like it's kind of a double-edged sword like we can't possibly be caught up but yet mm-hmm. maybe we should to keep up, but keeping up is impossible. So I feel yeah. I feel that personal conflict and that's been really hard. It is hard. And I think it, yeah. like recognizing that there's way too much information in the world that you're never going to be able to like fully absorb mm-hmm. and accepting that is probably pretty big. Like even, I think like, like, just, like, the struggle with, like, self-acceptance, like, the struggle mm-hmm. of, like, like trying to get ahead in the rat race of, like, society, mm-hmm. that's probably, like, another struggle that is, like, a constant battle that you're gonna have to face. Mm, um, yeah. Just, like, like, oh, should I be doing more? Or, like, should I, like, not care about doing more? <laughs> slow down? Yeah, um, that's like, a good this point. This other person is getting ahead of me, like oh, why are they so much more successful than I am? I need to, like, do more, <laughs> be better. 
it's it's a lot of pressure that's yeah so true it's just related to the greater picture of us wanting to continually optimize our life and that's not good to to relate it back to instagram (laughs) yeah (laughs) i guess like on instagram we try and like you know portray our best versions of ourselves or something yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, sorry, I kind of went on a tangent unrelated to Instagram. No, it's there. okay. It's, a, it's my one of my favorite topics is like the rat race. <laughs> I will yeah. always talk about how shitty it is to, that everything is monetized and how we have to work. <laughs> I guess on that note, what do we wish Instagram would be like if not this horrible cesspool of monetization? <laughs> oh no, I shouldn't use the word yeah. cesspool. That's so rude. This. It is a mosh pit monetization. Of... <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. I yeah. mean, like, I was scrolling through a a coworker's feed, like their profile, and like they have ads on people's profiles now. Like, I didn't oh realize gosh. it at first because it was like, um, it was kind of like a bullet journal type thing. It was like, and someone was like writing finance tracker, and I was like, oh wow, I didn't know that. Like, they track their finances like this and then i realized it was like an ad or like i don't know <laughs> it was it was either an app or like maybe someone's a finance tracking system or something but i was just like this is crazy like they're putting ads everywhere now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like what i wish instagram could be is maybe at this point too idealistic because, like, I I would love if Instagram stopped trying so hard to monetize, like, doing everything possible to, like, keep our attention and keep, like, growing their followers. Like, I think that's the craziest thing in general with tech is, like, they just want to, like, keep growing. And this is something else Johan Hardy talks about in his book, Stolen Focus, is that, like, a lot of these t- tech companies have, like, a growth mindset. Like, they're constantly, like, how can we grow? How can we make more money? How can we, like get more users and like the thing about that is like at a certain point there is a limit and then i think he also talks about how like there's not really a limit to attention specifically but i do think that there is a ceiling like not everyone is going to spend all of their time on your app like honestly if they somehow manage to find a way to do that i'm going to scream (laughs) but i mean i guess that's the whole point of the metaverse yeah never leave god Oh shit! <laughs> I make sense now. Fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> but to get back to my dreams, <laughs> um, I like I would love for my main feed to like just be people and like businesses and influencers that I follow without the suggested posts and without the ads. But like at the very least, without the suggested posts, I feel like that's the entire purpose of the explore page like put those suggested posts over there like if i want to explore i will go explore yeah i just want to open the app and see the people that i follow in preferably chronologically (laughs) you know actually well what do you what do you wish instagram would be like i agree with that i i'm reflecting now maybe we talked about this earlier but i forget (laughs) but i think because it seems like people are posting less and less at least the people I follow are posting less and less maybe I'd get my friends would post once a week or once every few weeks and now I'd be lucky if my friends post once a month and I think if our if we open the app and it's just our friends posts it would be less and then we would feel caught up and then we'd leave the app so makes sense that they're just trying to stuff the feed with sponsored posts so that we are continually navigated to more content that they can sell mm-hmm. to us. So I agree. I really dislike that experience, especially because I don't go on Instagram too often. Now I go about once a day, maybe, maybe every other day. And it's so hard for me to catch up with what my friends are doing. So yeah, and I personally have issues with impulse buying. And although I, when I want to shop, I go on Instagram and I see what's on there. It feels very unfortunate that every time I open up the app it's like all of the hard work I did to resist temptations of buying things is just <laughs> there yeah so I agree with that another feature kind of related to that I would like is a digest feature of some sorts I have no idea how that would be designed 
but sometimes it is very laborious for me to just try to catch up with all of my friends and like what they posted since I last went on the app mm-hmm. and it's honestly really annoying for me to look through snapchats or sorry it's really cumbersome for me to click through people's stories sometimes my friends post a lot sometimes I feel like I have to click through posts that I don't enjoy as much to get to ones I do like mm-hmm. um, I think like a quick snapshot of all the stories that I have available to watch like in a grid format would be really nice yeah. so I can just like look on the ones that kind of look interesting because yeah. yeah it's really tiring also I'm gonna like all of my friends posts like if I follow you and I don't hate you I'm gonna <laughs> like your post so if I could just have a feature where I can auto like everything that'd be great because sometimes I realize oh I didn't like Lisa's last post I need to go back and like it and I feel bad thinking you know maybe you you thinking that I didn't like your post, but oh, that's like a I silly... I don't think that. Yeah, sorry, that was just an example. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love an auto-like feature and a digest feature mm-hmm. because I'm lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we were talking about this earlier and I was like asking you like, oh yeah, how would a digest feature work? And you're like, well, it could kind of work. Like you were showing me like the stories archive. Oh yeah. And how like you can like scroll back and see all the stories that you've posted in a kind of like grid. Like, I think that makes a lot of sense because then you can just see mm. when one of your friends goes to an EDM festival and it's like 20, yeah, I'm like, I'm just that. 20 yeah. stories. Yeah, scroll past it. <laughs> yeah, I think that would exactly. be amazing. <sighs> yeah. Because like, I, like, I like my friend's content, just not all the time and not all of it. And then regarding like our relationship with Instagram, part of me has kind of, I mean, I don't think I'm actually going to do this, but part of me has kind of been toying with the idea of like, what if I just deleted Instagram entirely? (laughs) Like, what would that look like, you know? And it feels kind of like a dream because, like, you know, my friend Jenny, like, doesn't have an Instagram and, like, she's perfectly fine. Like, it's not like you need Instagram to live. (laughs) But, like, I think I would... I would feel hella FOMO, honestly. I'd be like, oh, like, what if Issa's posted a reel that I really want to see? Um, you know, like, like there are people on Instagram that I really love catching up with. Or, like, I love seeing what they post. It's not even, like, the catching up aspect, because I think this is, like, another aspect to social media that I've read about, is, like, the um, the idea that, like, social media was started because it would help you maintain your relationships with the people in your lives, right? But in reality, like, I think you, you scroll through Instagram, you're like, oh, I know what's happening in their lives now, and I don't have to talk to them. So (laughs) you don't talk to them. Um, And so I think in that way, it's, it can be detrimental to your relationships. But for me, I like have like very few friends to begin with that I like actually care to maintain a regular like relationship with that that doesn't affect me as much so it really is just like I like to see what you guys post I like to see your reels I like to see like what my coworker has posted to her design account yeah I look at how blissful Jenny's life looks not having to worry about <laughs> the dramas of social media yeah but I see her interests are different like you love design and I think Instagram mm-hmm. is an app that is very well suited to share design content and mm-hmm. like updates in the design in the design community, um, and I think Jenny like can fulfill a lot of her interests and needs outside of Instagram. I'm sure you could as well if you wanted to. Yeah, but I can see how, how it's harder for you like to. And it's also like it's fun to see like especially the 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 friends that I follow that I'm not close to like especially the ones who live in the Bay Area like I love seeing what they get up to and like the places that they go to eat and then I'd be like oh that place looks really cool or that food looks really yummy and I'll like yeah note it down like oh, I should go <laughs> <there> too <laughs> so it's helpful that way what about your relationship with Instagram I would like Instagram to feel like less of a performative space and I think a lot of people don't treat it as that like I definitely follow people who just post whatever they want and don't think mm-hmm. too much about how it's perceived but for me it feels like a very structured experience. Like I would love a more fluid space where I can just post whatever I want, whether it's videos, photos, long form content, short form, whatever, and mm-hmm. have it for specific audiences because it feels really restricting to me that 
I have like this following list of people who I think I all I appreciate a lot of them like most of them even and I would love to share content with most of them but in different ways like I would love to share different content with you versus like my aunt um Mm -hmm. and I think that's given me a lot of like analysis paralysis like this Mm. this diverse audience I have and I feel like the need especially because Instagram is structured to be like you are a brand I feel like I have a brand to uphold like my feed is me as a brand and I can't do anything off brand I even have like different Instagram accounts for different purposes so I don't feel the pressure to like maintain like a cohesive brand like I have my art account I have my like burner account um, I have my like home cafe account or whatever yeah. and that's like really exhausting and I don't want to do that shit anymore <laughs> if I could just like share certain content with certain people in the same profile that'd be really nice yeah but maybe Instagram's just like not the place for that like Tumblr is probably a better place for what I want to do and what I want to share but I simply don't have friends on Tumblr except for you and Ellen <laughs> so yeah. I don't know I mean I guess in, in a sense you can technically do that it's yeah. like letting go of your personal like mental like mm-hmm. block I think yeah yeah exactly but like I think your situation is a little bit more complicated because you have like you're thinking about like you know what do you want to share with your friends versus family and that's like a whole beast on its own yeah 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 sometimes yeah. I like share things to my Instagram I'm like ooh my aunt and uncle see this <laughs> like they're close yeah. enough to me in age that i'm like uh it's fine but also like huh. <laughs> yeah um i don't know like i i like the idea of just like going back to like the original purpose of instagram just like letting go of like these parameters that i've set for myself of like mm-hmm. oh it has to look a certain way and it has to like you know, be composed. Like, why can't I just like shoot from the hip? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe one day I will once again share a gelato pick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe for our next post, we should just see how it feels to post whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Another interesting thing is like I've started doing film photography, and like I shared like my first roll of film on my instagram but i'm kind of like thinking about like oh if i want to continue this hobby like should i keep sharing all my film photos to my main instagram should i like because i do have a finsta that i set up like a long ass time ago i was like oh this is gonna be like where i share like all the content every day like that was gonna be like my original usage of instagram profile like where i just like share all the random things um, but then I just never used it. <laughs> but I was like, maybe this is where I could share my film photos. But then it's like, do I want to have separate Instagram accounts? Yeah. Or not. I mean, you're the only person really that follows me on that account. <laughs> so it's like, might as well just share directly with you. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I will follow you wherever you go. <laughs> That's a good point, though. I have a friend who was, like, actively against multiple accounts. She was like, mm. if I'm going to post it somewhere, it's going to be in my main page because that is me. And mm-hmm. the only reason why I would ever create something separate... Actually, I don't remember what her reason was, but every time I post to, like, all my different accounts, I'm like, why am I doing this bullshit right now? <laughs> why can't I just post it on my main? But so many reasons why not. I'm looking back at your old photos now, Lisa, and they're so cute. <laughs> it's they're so funny to look back on they're like it was probably the valencia filter yeah they're all the valencia filter (laughs) and then so cute like i would use that like i don't know if instagram still has it or if i like use a different app entirely to make those pictures but like it's like some of the pictures are like like five in one oh the collages yeah the collages those are so funny to me (laughs) they're so Uh. cute too it's like oh so casual just a bunch of selfies <laughs> yeah oh, but you're new content lisa honestly like sometimes i just go to your instagram page for inspiration like you really know how to make a nice feed <laughs> oh thank you yeah i mean it's still fun it really is still fun. yeah i'm like thinking about how i want to post but 
I don't know. I think I do still want to just like be a like in my head an influencer. <laughs> so like, oh, what outfits can I wear? <laughs> and in the end it's it's an outlet for like visual creativity, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see. I mean Instagram I don't think Instagram's dying anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So yeah. We'll see. You know, in the next we'll season, maybe we'll have an update. <laughs> <laughs> the death of Instagram. Oh my god. Thanks for listening to Internet Aesthetic. The music for this podcast is Rose Ornamental by Blue Dot Sessions. If you enjoyed listening, you can find us on Instagram at net.aesthetic or delete Instagram and never follow us. <laughs> or Hell you can yeah. leave us a message. <laughs> and in that case, you can leave us a message on our website at internetaestheticpod.com. See you next time.